if you wake up and then tomorrow you start having pinchers, it's known that you're meant to be crab. This is what we needed. Crabs are the all-mortal, <laughs> immortal beings that we need to strive to be. Welcome back to the Take My Word Podcast. Before I get started this week, once again, I want to shout out my good friend, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde 15 on Twitch. He streams Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 7 to about 10, and then on Saturdays from noon for about five or six hours. So go check him out. I have a link in the description for you. A very funny dude. You won't regret it. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the Take My Word Podcast. Welcome back to the Take My Word Podcast. For first-time listeners, basic gist of the show, I, your host, Christian, I search the web, the web, Jesus Christ, how old am I, search the internet for the best and funniest news articles from the last week, and I bring them here to you, give a little bit of commentary, and we're home by six for dinner. All right. Starting off this week, Chicago, they've been awarded another fantastic award. Now you might be asking, what's that fantastic award, Christian? Chicago is titled the rattiest city in America for the sixth year in a row. Now, that's not rattiest like, uh, oh, their buildings are falling apart. No, they have the most rats in America for the sixth year in a row. We have, uh, Chicago is the six-time holder of the title that no city wants. The Windy City has developed uh, at the top of the list for the rattiest cities in the United States for the sixth year in a row. Orkin at Atlanta-based Pest Control Services ranks U.S. cities based on the number of new rodent treatments from September 1st to August 31st of each year. This results is a list of the 50 cities, uh, which most changing spots each time the list is updated. Chicago, however, is still number one. I'm like, okay, you have chance for growth here. And they're like, nah. <laughs> Rodents are experts at sniffing out food and shelter, and they're resilient in their ways of obtaining both. Ben Hoddle, an Orkin entomologist, big word time, said in the company's press release uh, residential properties offer the ideal habitat for rodents and once they're settled in they're capable of reproducing rapidly and in large quantity efforts to tame the city's rat population have been going on for years chicago's war on rats escalated with the introduction of a new rat task force back in 26 imagine being on the rat task force honey got a new promotion got a new promotion at work uh, we're going to be bringing home the big bucks. She's like, oh, are you, did you get elected as a state official? No, n- no, I, you know, the war on rats? No, I, honey, I have, I have no idea what's the war on rats. Is. I didn't, is it, is it like rats and mice are battling for, n- n- no, uh, we have the war on rats. It's like, we is in you and me? Yeah. And you're on the rat task force? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, residents have even begun adapting cats to squash their numbers. Rounding out at the top 10 on Orkin's list were LA, New York, Washington, DC, San Francisco, Detroit, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Denver, and Minneapolis. Yeah, I, I thought it would be New York number one. You always hear about, like, wasn't there that video a couple years ago that New York, like, a a rat was dragging a piece of pizza 
It was like New York style pizza. He was dragging it away. Wasn't that a thing? <laughs> um, how the pandemic, I haven't heard of it. What's the pandemic? Has exacerbated rat populations. Statewide mandates to stay at home and close the businesses haven't just affected the human population, according to Orkin. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have an entire section of its website devoted to rodent control. Community-wide closures have led to decreases in food availability to rodents, especially in dense commercial areas. I would say Chicago is a dense commercial area. I went there for the first time over the summer, and I didn't see a single rat. It was just the I, the smell wasn't the greatest, which I, they can't help, I guess, but they can definitely help just put out some, some traps. Kiss them all. Have kids in Chicago playing their own personal Chicago Pokemon. <laughs> oh my Pokemon Windy City Go Ratchu Ah oh, sh- oh, shit shit it bit me It used bite and it, it wasn't on yours it, Oh oh but I'm gonna need a, I'm need a band-aid uh, or, or, or two or and some and some tests <laughs> I might have some bad illnesses Oh my god <laughs> Some jurisdictions have reported an increase in rodent activity as rodents search for new sources of food. And Orkin warns that the rat activity will only continue increasing as rodents begin seeking warm shelter as the months get colder. Chicago may not be the only city in trouble. Ranking for other cities and Orkin's rattiest cities list can be found on the company's website. Well, I just told you the top 10, so if you want to know more, you, you know our look. Um, so, I have a... Follow-up to a story I told last week. You know, it, I usually don't have to do a follow-up a week later, but I guess this time I do. So, Kraft Mac and Cheese. Uh, what can they What can they do wrong? They legit just have, you know, noodles and cheese. There's a two steps. If you mess that up somewhere, then I don't know how you do that. So this time, they, uh, they're canceled because they had a promotion that I talked about last week called Send... Nudes, N-O-O-D-S, as in noodles, send noodles. Now, the thing was with the promotion, um, you know, they're like, okay, people for National Noodle Day, because we have something like that. Um, if you have a family member or friend, you know, that they're struggling, because, you know, a lot of people are laid off and stuff right now because of some pandemic I keep hearing about, uh, go to our website, fill out this form, and we will send them boxes and mac and cheese you know good i think it's everything that a marketer can need you know you have a great thing that you're pushing you're gonna push sales for yourself and also you have a humorous campaign that people are going to talk about in the way i did last week laughing about how they had a campaign called send nudes well they uh, you know they're they're canceled craft cancels send nudes campaign after backlash and as i said they have Last week, it's just a picture that says, uh, send nudes, and they have a little noodle smiley face, and it has a bowl of mac and cheese that's pixelated like it's has some nudity. It says, if you understand the indie windows and craft mac and cheese, and craft mac and cheese is new slogan, hashtag send nudes, then you're probably too old to be eating it. Kraft is removing all traces of their latest campaign throughout the social media after the attempt at a tongue-in-cheek viral moment prompted backlash from parents who called the joke offensive. And despite no kids being involved in the advertising, sex, sexualizing children, well, I just 
They're trying to give you free food, people. <laughs> Earlier this month, the foods conglomerate introduced the hashtag promotional campaign tied to National Noodle Day on October 6th because we have a day for everything. Legit, every, look up what day. It's probably National Cookie Day. Or I might you might have a person out there listening. That, that, that was on. That was on May 7th. It was on Cookie Days on May 7th. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Urging uh, customers to bestow boxes of their craft powder, mac and cheese to loved ones who might benefit from comfort food during the pandemic. In these strange times, people are in need of extra comfort. That's why it's always nice gesture to send nudes. So they know you're thinking of them, said comedian Vanessa Bayer in a recent commercial, which has since been expunged from social media according to BuzzFeed News. If BuzzFeed says it, then it's just fact, right? So nudes, I mean not nudes. One is N-O-O-D-S, and the other one's the the real spelling. However, many parents didn't find humor in the suggestive pun. BuzzFeed News, that's where I get all my news personally, captured several comments prior to Kraft's removal of the commercial on Instagram. This is not okay, one responded. Don't you realize that's a huge portion of these people who eat your mac and cheese are children? One comment, you know, because... Kids are the ones that are watching these ads, and they're like, Karen, my Aunt Karen, she needs, she's struggling right now, man. She's, uh, she's not, she's, uh, spending more than she's bringing in. You know, kids are thinking that way, right? Um, one commenter wrote, please delete this, exclamation, exclamation, sir, you used too many exclamation points. Unacceptable other exclamation point. I love exclamation points. Exclamation points. It just gets your point across, right? Switching over to Annie's Organics. Ah, damn. We're going to miss you, exclamation point, dude. I do not want my boys growing up and seeing a commercial where they joke about the exploitation of of children. Added another, one parent blamed Kraft for marketing tactic that grooms children into believing it's okay and even funny to send nudes. But they said... Typed it out in ODS like they did. Uh, damn, they got them good. The post was quickly taken, overtaken by conspiracies, who stoked fear of widespread high-profile t- huh? child trafficking. One of them prevailing theories of a QAnon support. Uh, huh? They're trying to give your grandpa food. They're doing a good thing. Let them do a good thing and let people laugh. We need it right now. Oh, and uh, Im- implicated Kraft as a complicit player in the alleged children's scheme, adding the telltale hashtag, hashtag, save the children, save the children, save the puppies, uh, save the oxygen, quit, <laughs> save, the, save the oxygen to their comments. The companies claimed they... 20,000 consumers participated in the promotion. Nevertheless, Kraft announced in their Insta story, according to people, that the campaign would be cut short. No, give it to this article. They're uh, they're citing their sources. No, no plagiarism here. Good for them. This is coming from the New York Post. Let me cite my source. Um, uh, we sincerely appreciate and hear all your feedback. They wrote, the content will be removed from our channels. Well, let's talk about the fact that they gave 20,000 people food. That's 20,000 more people than, what was it, Annie's Organics. Is Annie Did Annie's Organics, did they donate 20,000 boxes of delicious craft mac and cheese noobs? 
I'm waiting exclamation point dude I need to know the answer okay well, you know well I decided to let you guys know I talked about this last week now they're canceled because of said story so let's go on to the next we have <laughs> oh my god uh, Los Angeles driver stops for gasoline during high speed pursuit what happens if you run low on gas during a police chase all that speed Speed, no doubt, tanks your fuel economy. I drive a hybrid, you know. If I'm going, if I'm in a high-speed pursuit, you know, I'm definitely going to cl- click through my screen to see my fuel economy. Oh, my, oh my, I need to slow down. Give these, A, these cops are, they're falling a little bit behind. And B, I'm going underneath 29 miles per gallon. <laughs> Ditching the car and running is always an option. But one cunning Los Angeles area driver on Tuesday belts up, is, what did that, what was that story about the, oh, it was the jetpack dude that, only in L.A., ha ha ha, only in L.A., a driver uh, was leading pursuers in blue to be able to make a pit stop along the way. Bonus, the driver even went inside to pay, at, not pay at the pump, while we were at the, well, you know, you hear all these stories about people getting their, their stuff swiped at the, the pump, so he goes and uses cash, cash is king. They can't hack into your bank account with cash. We have to admit, walking in to pay at the counter is ultimate flex on the police's inability to keep up. Man, that's not a fast process. You go in there, because if you're like me and unfortunately have under $100 in your account, and uh, you go to pay at the pump, and it's like, please see, cashier, you have no damn money. You're like, ah, gotta go inside. Go to the pump, they... If you pay at the pump, they put a $100 cold on your card. They don't see it, but they do. That's because that's what the bank told me. He says, oh, yeah, Speedway put a $100 hold on your account, and you only have 37 I don't want any gas. I need to get that 37 up. The only way I'm doing that's at work. Um, go inside. You're waiting in line. There's a grandma up there. Like, I want one number seven, two number 12s, Powerball with the number of all seven of my, I don't know how many Powerball numbers are, all of my grandchildren's birthdays. Uh, I need somehow. Can you get the? I want the, the day of the month and the year in there for all of them. Uh, man, that's that's more numbers in the Powerball. Uh, just spread it out among as many tickets. Okay, we have Charlie. I'm like, I, ma'am, ma'am. I'm trying to get to work. What is? What are they gonna do if I can't flip burgers? They're gonna go bankrupt. And then you get up there and you're like. Uh, 20 on 10, please. Okay, swipe your card, go out. You know, Granny McGee's taking 45 minutes telling the, her life story, and I'm just trying to get to work. <laughs> the Glendora Police Department told NBC Los Angeles the driver was wanted for theft at Home Depot, hence the chase. Uh, uh, hence the chase, obviously. You know, when I see somebody in a high school pursuit, they're like, oh, he just robbed a Home Depot. He took all the toner. The driver's car appeared to have a major front-end damage, including a missing bumper, but it was unclear if the damage happened during the chase. Well, I watched this clip before I started recording. The guy, he ran outside. He ran back outside. It was all on helicopter. Then he did a three-point turn, but because he didn't want to hit any other cars at the pumps, he's, he's a gentleman, so it wasn't in the chase. When the chase reached the city of El Monte, the driver took advantage of the lead he built up by the cops and fueled up mid-chase. I've always thought about if there is a pursuer, uh, well, if there's a pursuer on a speed chase, 
what's the procedure when they refuel and keep going? This is it, the NBC Los Angeles newscaster who described the bizarre pause in action as a quick pit stop for sure. This wasn't the driver's only stop at a gas station. How many did he go across the nation? How many pit stops does this man need? Does he get one mile per gallon? Um, just before fueling up at NBC Los Angeles, the, note, the driver apparently tossed something into the back of a white truck. That was the toner. And may have grabbed something from that person. He didn't grab toner from that person, I'm guessing. The NPC... NPC, NBC station's helicopter was following the chase and captured the pit stop clip posted above. And, um, but yeah, I'm going to sum it up. Uh, the guy pulls up, gets out, starts paying at the pump. He's like, ah, shit. He goes inside, comes back out. So, obviously, like, within, like, 20 seconds. So, I'm guessing that there wasn't anybody getting Powerball tickets. Goes out, fuels up, three-point turns, and he's out of there. The... Uh, after that, the driver went through several cities to hop onto westbound Interstate 10 in West Covina, then back onto surfaces, Surface Street in East Los Angeles, where NBC Los Angeles says he once again continued to perform dangerous, evasive maneuvers. A chase then picked back up at westbound State Road 60 east of downtown LA, and around 6.25 p.m., the car pulled into a parking garage after the, all the, the cops don't... Uh, after all that, it was unclear as whether police actually found the driver that they were after. Riveting. Got, got a tip. Send us a note. Tips at thedrive.com. If you know who uh, steal all this toner, make sure to send them a tip. Let them know. Yeah, so how f would the cops non-existent? How did... Are they driving PT Cruisers? This man's car is not a sports car. And he, he got... That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. We have a... Next up, we have another spicy one. This story involves murder. This story involves a narwhal tusk and a pardon. Now, let me... Give you all the in-between, make all that make sense. Okay, you guys ready for this? Queen Elizabeth II approved a rare form of clemency for an inmate who used a whale tusk to help end a deadly terrorist attack near London Bridge last year. It was not falling down. London, Queen Elizabeth II has approved a royal pardon for an inmate convicted of murder who used a narwhal tusk to help stop a terrorist attack in which two people were killed before the assailant was killed by the police on London Bridge. So, uh, where, okay, a couple questions. All right, I have a couple questions. Where, where did this guy, where did he get a, a narwhal tusk? I, you know, like, I open my closet, I see a t-shirt, hopefully not a bat, and, like, my Xbox box, from 2014. I don't have any narwhal tusks in there. Don't know about you guys. Um, question number two. So, how, so what, <laughs> I'm just going to abandon the question. The decision to pardon the murderer, Steve Gallant, was in recognition of his exceptional brave acts which helped save people's lives despite the tremendous risk to his own. A spokeswoman for the Ministry of Justice said in a statement on Monday, 
If a parole board approves Mr. Gallant's minimum 17-year sentence, we'll be reduced to 10 months. Uh, so he's getting to pardon. He's still staying. He said, you're brave. But still, let's let's finish out the year, okay? We don't want you out there with that narwhal tusk on one of Walmart's seven Black Fridays. The attack on November 19th began at a prison rehabilitation conference when a former inmate and attendant stabbed and killed two young rehabilitate uh, oh advocates jack Mer they were saying wow jack merritt and saskia jones and fled before eventually being subdued on london bridge the others were also injured before the assailant usman khan 28 was fatally shot by police mr khan had served eight years for a terrorism related offense but had just been released in december 2018 mr gallant who was imprisoned in 2005 was among the crowd of people who banded together to take the assaultant down, assailant down, with an unconventional weapon, the narwhal tusk, which had been a wall decoration at Fishmongers, Fishmongers Hall, a historic building that hosts the conference. He was in the hall for the day of a prison day relapse, uh, release, not relapse, damn, release program when he heard noises and saw injured people. That's a that's an OG move, man. You see someone, see stuff popping off. You just look up, you just snap it off the wall. That's a, that's a that's a pimp move right there. Not gonna lie. He found Mr. Khan holding two large knives and wearing a fake bomb around his waist. Oh my god, oh my god. He was a clear danger to us all. So I didn't hesitate. He used a chair and the tusk passed to him by a civilian civil servant to confront the attacker choose uh, chasing him onto london bridge and hell he this dude had two knives and a bomb he's beating his ass with the chair and a normal tusk this dude's an og london bridge and helping restrain him before police arrived male narwhals a species of a whale have a single straight tusk that can grow up to nine feet long this one was about five feet. He was beating his ass with the five-foot tusk. The pardon was welcome news to his lawyer, Neil Hudges. He said, you know, man, I lost, but queen on your side. <laughs> Made my job. I know I was kind of a failure, but you did good. Mr. Gallant hoped to be a positive example to others after enduring uh, his life in prison. He is passionate about his using his knowledge and experience to help others steer away from crime. He said Mr. Gallant was, will be eligible for parole next June through a parole board. Will have the final, though a parole board will have a final say on whether he can be released early. He was convicted along with another man in 2005 of murdering Barry Jackson, a firefighter in the coastal city of Hull. Mr. Jackson said he had been had mixed emotions about his release report of the Daily Mirror, but what happened at the London Bridge goes to show that reality of people that can make change. Now, I, I'm going to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm a Christian to put his little two cents in. You know, he did a great thing, but he also killed a person. So, that being said, uh, there's, you know, you have, <laughs> you have that scale of justice. Justice and, I, I, I don't know if, you know, it's hard to say, you know, he saved a lot of people's lives, but he also took one himself. So this is, this, you know, if if the queen says it's good, then I guess uh, 
Whatever. Mr. Gallant has apologized to Mr. Jackson's family and said he accepted his punishment. Nobody has the right to take another's life, he said in January's statement, adding he had vowed to better himself and never turn to violence again. The father of one of the two victims of the terrorist attack, David Merritt, told the Daily Mirror that the pardon was fully deserved. He had turned his life around in prison. Mr. Merritt said, and was close to his son, Mr. Gallant, has called Jack Merritt a role model and a friend. Wait, hold on. Is this... Uh, I, there's so many names in this. Someone kills somebody, and someone beats someone's ass with a narwhal tusk. The Queen can exercise a state of mercy, which reduces the penalty for a criminal offense, but rarely does so. Pardons for early release are generally recommended for by officials in exceptional situations, such as if a prisoner risks his safety to prevent the death of a serious injury or a serious injury to another. Though the Queen signs of the royal pardon, the decision is ultimately in the hands of the government. In this case, the Ministry of Justice said Dickie Arbiter, a former Buckingham Palace spokesman. By the time he gets to her it's a done deal he said she just rubber stamps it though he was not privacy to the decision making mr arbiter said that mr gallant had risked his own life while out of prison for the day to protect others which was likely to help build his case he could have just walked away and ignored it but he didn't pardons for those convicted of murder are highly unusual before mr gallant the line the last significant pardon for murder was given to Sean O'Callaghan, a parliamentary member of the Irish Republican Army who was freed in 1996. So, long story short, um, there is some police, well not police, there is some, uh, <laughs> some event, some people got hurt, and uh, before any, a lot of people got hurt, the original person Got his ass beat with the chair and a narwhal tusk. Dude saved him. Well, the dude that beat his ass with a narwhal tusk killed somebody else. He said, hey, hey, family. You, uh, about that, I'm sorry. And then they're like, I'm gonna keep quiet because they didn't say anything in this article. And then, uh, Queen's like, let him out. <laughs> and then she's like, but, well, well, Queen, you can say let him out, but that kind of just pushing the paper along a little bit more but this last person's like nah my safe final and that's the end of it next story we have animals keep evolving into crabs which is somewhat disturbing and then it says it's okay if this weirds you out thank good caroline thank goodness you gave me the permission to be weirded out we know the long quarantine was making us all crabby ha 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 but this is extreme. People now feel betrayed by the long history of crabification, technically called carnization of different species over time. This means groups of Crucians have evolved into crabs in five different contexts, giving rise to a meme that their long arch of history truly bends towards the crab. Um, boing Boing shares a 27... Boing boing. I'm starting to, you know, I'm in college English classes. This isn't giving off a bunch of, uh, was it, ethos. Uh, Carnization sounds like something about a prison at first blush, but on second look, you'll see it shares a root with carcinogen, oh, carcinogen, as well as cancer itself, both from Greek root 
Carcanos, meaning crab. <laughs> Borodil coined the new word based on the established scientific usages. And where did they, what did they cite? They cited not only, not, get this, they, their citation is a, a screen grab of a tweet. And in this tweet is a screen grab of Wikipedia. <laughs> oh my god. I try to bring you guys the most realistic information. But uh, upon reading some of this, I don't read a lot of it because I don't want to spoil it for myself. I want to give you my real feelings on it. But I'm going to tell y'all I don't feel very good about this one. I don't want to read any more into it. I guess everyone's... If you wake up and then tomorrow you start having pinchers, just know that you're meant to be a crab. This is what we needed. Crabs are the all mortal, <laughs> immortal beings that we need to strive to be. If you're not at the gym working on just your pincher workouts, if you're not trying to get those claws, you're doing it wrong, man. Put down the... Put, <laughs> Stop bench pressing. Just start doing grip workouts. Get those pinchers going. Get your fingers going. Mitten season's upon us. Mittens are just because we want to have crab claws. We are crab. Alright. Final story for us today. We have parents name their daughter after internet provider for free Wi-Fi. Oh, how far we've fallen. Bern, Switzerland. The cost of living can be expensive between monthly streaming services, groceries, cable, and internet, but one Swiss couple hoping to cut down on costs reportedly named their daughter after their internet service provider in order to get free Wi-Fi for 18 years. According to NPR, the new parents responded for an advertisement from Twifi, a Swiss-based internet provider offering to provide free internet for 18 years to anyone who named their child after this I feel a lawsuit coming on didn't this in the US wasn't somebody naming their kid they named their kid six pack right after like a six pack of beer and the state made them change didn't they just they, they made Elon change his kid's name was it R2D2 beep boop bop beep made him change his name and over in Switzerland they're like hey name your kid Comcast you get free internet for life, son. Tweefus for a boy and Tweefa for a girl. Oh, they're... It's like Spanish. <laughs> a for feminine feature. Oh, my God. Uh, where the name's chosen by the internet provider. The internet provider gave him two options. How thoughtful of him. How thoughtful. Then an interview with a local media outlet, the parents revealed the longer I thought about it, the more, the unique, more unique the name came to me. The more I sat there and looked at my internet bills, the more I thought, you know, this thing in my belly, look down at it, this thing in my belly right here, I think it's a Twifa. <laughs> oh my god. The, the longer I thought about it, the more unique the name came. And that was when the thing got its charm. No, the thing got its charm when you're getting, <laughs> they're out there laying down commercial lines for you. Ma'am, you're still naming your kid Twifa or Twifus, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Alright, She, uh, this this lady, this is free advertising because of this article. Uh, this lady, she's getting, <laughs> she's getting commercial lines right to her house. If, if her tweet takes longer than .00006 seconds saying that they're naming their kid Twifus, you're fired. Okay, you got it. 
Tweefus and Tweefa. This is a gold mine. They're getting, oh my god, getting a thousand gigabits up. And that was when the thing got its charm. The parents, both 30 and 35, said they wished to remain anonymous and revealed that the child's first name is not, the, in fact, Tweefa, but rather her middle name, which still counts according to local reports. This story was reported from Los Angeles. Okay. But, uh, man, if I was Tweef, what if, I don't even know what the internet provider would be even named. Is it Tweefa or Tweefus? Is it Tweef? Did I read that? Am I Tweefy? Sorry. Tweefy. They're like, uh, sir, sir, okay. Um, the longer I thought about it, the more unique the name came to me. And also that you're going to be giving me free Wi-Fi, but I didn't want my kid to get their ass beat at school. Hey, Tweefus, get over here. Doofus. Doofus. That'd be the first first day of kindergarten. Tweefus? Tweefus Bradley? Here. Look look at this doofus. I I can see into the future, man. So, uh, long story short, Tweefy, um, we're not going to name our kid this, but also, um, we want you to pay our internet bill. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, that's yeah, that's the last story for tonight. Um, all right, I got a question and answer for you. Okay, well, what's the difference between a mountain goat and a pitching wedge? I'll let you. Okay, I'm gonna give you two options. You can either pause right now and think about it, or I can just sit here for a couple seconds. Okay, um, what's the difference between a mountain goat and a pitching wedge? Answer is. A lot. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. One of them's a goat. You know, they have organs and stuff. The other one's metal. So there's a lot. And that was the anti joke of the week. Did it catch you off guard? I'm sure it did. So uh, that's gonna be it for this week of the Take My Word podcast. I have that subreddit up. The it's Take My Word podcast on uh, on Reddit. Go check it out. Send me stories that you want me to talk about, possibly. Um, I have a Twitter, Take My Word Pod, that's Take My Word P-O-D. My YouTube channel, I'm slowly but surely getting some episodes up there from the oldies but goldies, starting all the way back from episode number one, so go check out, I think I have eight or nine of them already up, they take a long time to upload, because I don't really, you know, I don't post four minute, 21 second David Dobrik vlogs, I post 30 to even an hour, 15 minute, <laughs> so go check that out, that's yeah, that's going to be it for this week. See you guys.